What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to New Hill Talks, a podcast for the members and regular attenders of New Hill Church. My name is Michael Meadows. I'm the lead pastor at New Hill Church. Now, I've got a very special guest with me here tonight. What's your name? Uh, my name is Nelson Juarez. Full name, please. <clears throat> That's my government name, and only my mother calls me that. <laughs> don't. No, it's not. Don't call me Shirley. I felt like that, that could have gone there, but you didn't do the sure. Surely. Surely so. What is your middle name? Alexander. Are you messing with me? No, dead serious. Alexander. Nelson Alexander Juarez. Cool. Is Alexander a family name? Uh, it is now Jude Alexander Juarez. <laughs> okay. Hey, that's pretty cool. I don't have a, I do have a family name. Michael and David. Both of them are, are wonderful. You know, Bobby Stone, um, who started coming to the church, um, she is a recent widow, and she said that her husband's name was David, and apparently that means beloved of God, mm-hmm. David. And uh, she said uh, she was going to start calling me beloved of God, and I was like, whoa, 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 you're going to make Aubrey jealous. <laughs> uh, keep in mind, uh, Bobby is um, uh, a- an older lady, so there's like no conflict here. Um, I want to make that clear, but uh, yeah, I made that joke, and Aubrey was laughing, and, and Bobby, she said, I won't do that to you. Um, and then I called to talk to her and she said, I'm gonna start calling you blog. And I'm like, <laughs> blog? She's like, yeah, beloved of God. Yeah. Like, yeah, her, her little thing now. So we, uh, we literally were talking sweet. about this idea at our group tonight. Family names? No, but like this, this idea of like, we studied um, just this little section out of John where uh-huh. Jesus says, I am. Oh, yeah. And how controversial that was uh, when they come to arrest him. And they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am, you know, and they fell to the ground. And then we were like, how, just like trying to figure out how weird it is mm-hmm. that it's, it's, I am. And what does that mean when God said that to Moses and we went back and read an Exodus and everything. And, uh, then Sean had brought up and a couple others had, had given their thoughts about it. And just the idea that it actually was like a different name, you know, Yahweh, mm-hmm but we translate it to I am. And right. so when we read I am, it's like just very weird. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't really even make sense. Right. I am, but it was actually Yahweh. Right. And so like you yeah, said, like someone they, calling they you, <laughs> someone calling you beloved of God <laughs> rather than your name, Michael or David, you know, yeah. would just be very strange. So what, I, what was it? John said, uh, John said, he's the, uh, John said, he's the beloved, right? Yeah. Yeah. The beloved. Yeah. Um, I, I really, I totally think that was like, there's a little humor there. Like, I don't think that Jesus loved John anymore. I know like some people go back and forth on it, but I really think John was hilarious because John was the one who got in a foot race with Peter, right? And beat him to the tomb. Like, why is that detail there? Like, (laughs) come on. Like, Hey, I mean, it's inspired. Like, I don't think anything's there that wasn't inspired, but, um, I don't have a theological point. Uh, when we preached on that, like, it's like no, he just he wanted to let you know that he beat him to the tomb. He was so excited, and uh, it at the uh, last supper too. He says like Jesus told uh, the beloved, you know, who was gonna betray him. Like he he leaned in. He was like the one laying there. Um, yeah, I definitely think there's there's a little like ongoing joke almost between the apostles. Um, I can't prove it uh, for sure, but one day in eternity we will know that I was correct. So. <laughs> You just said your name. Um, what do you do at New Hill Church? Uh, so I am the musical worship leader. 
at the New Hill Church. I've been uh, in that role since what December of twenty twenty. Yeah. 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 December of twenty twenty. And you also do something else at the church. Uh, you hold also, an official also biblical a office. Yes. I, I am the title the Deacon Juarez. Deacon Alexander. <coughs> Alexander the Deacon. That's almost like Alexander the Great, but better. <laughs> I don't think that he was a deacon. I don't know much about Alexander the Great, actually. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did he do? Do you know what he did? Uh, he fought. He was like a warrior. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're not that. Hey. You're not. Uh, People get me and Mark confused all the time. Do they? Yeah. No. Because the hair? <laughs> Lack thereof. All right. So, so when you gave your title, you said musical worship leader. Uh, which is something I want to get into um, in just a minute, talking about worship. Um, but a little bit of a, a background on yourself, just so people can get to know you. I think this is like a, a great space to be able to do this. We did it back with uh, Pastor Mark when he uh, first entered into his candidacy, I believe. Just letting people get to, to know him, and uh, that's something I wanted to do uh, with you. So are you an Ohio native? You know, your your last name's Juarez, which would lead us to believe that you've got some different ethnicity in your blood. Um I think people who know you uh, even a little bit know that from your, your dad being at the church, where, where this is going to go with your ethnicity. But, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you from Guatemala? Is it just your dad? Are you from Ohio, so, Canada? Yeah, cat's out of the bag. You said it already. Uh, my dad is from Guatemala. I'm pretty smart. Uh, I have a hunch <clears> for these things. Yeah. A hinch? A hunch? A hunch. A tidbit hunch. Uh, I'm going to keep just going on with this. Okay. So uh, dad's from Guatemala. Yeah. My mom is from um, like just northeast Ohio. And, uh, you know, we lived in Cleveland for a while, moved to Elyria, grew up in a non-denominational church, would have been classified as a non-denominational church, and uh, went there from, I think, the age of like six or seven all the way up until a couple years ago. Okay. And um, <clears throat> very active in the youth group um, and sort of desired to play guitar with some friends, got right. into playing music. And uh, at one point there was a... So, yeah, um, let, me, let me stop you real quick. Um, so you were raised in church. When did you come uh, to know the Lord as your savior? Like when at and like in that time period, I think uh, growing up just with with different influences and hearing different people talk and in the church, I would say you know it, it occurred to me several times like oh my gosh mm-hmm. you know I've heard you guys talk on the podcast before like out of fear like I'm gonna say the sinner's prayer again sure and do it again yeah again. right <laughs> and uh, I know very vividly um, that I went down at the Billy Graham crusade did you really when I was like seven years old yeah I just talked are about you messing it. with me no dude. I just talked about it with my parents on, on Mother's Day. Yeah. And I was like, I remember going down there, saying the sinner's prayer with some some random lady. Not it was with like Billy a volunteer. Graham. Not with it Billy doesn't count Graham. then. Never mind. You need uh, to know the Lord. <laughs> and so you go down at, a, at an event. Was that here in Cleveland? It was in Cleveland. Okay. It was at the old Indian Stadium. Yeah. And I uh, went down and I told my dad, I was like, I remember like being there by myself with this lady. I mean, tons of people around. I was like, but I, you guys just like let me go down. 
mm-hmm. in this area with this a bunch of and I was like I don't remember you there at all my dad was like I was there I was like I don't remember you there I told the lady where you guys were volunteering with I think she walked me back to the table yeah. So definitely the sovereign hand of God, like getting me back. They to take you family. to the table. They're like, hey, he just accepted the <laughs> Lord. He also needs to find his parents. He found God today. Yeah. So okay. I mean, maybe I'm remembering the details wrong, but that's what I remember is that yeah. I said it with some random lady. Right. Somehow got back with my parents. Okay. Um, and that, that day I remember saying the sinner's prayer. And um, it wasn't until I was, I think, 15 um, that I was baptized okay, um, and confessed Jesus as my Savior. Um, was this a full dunk baptism? Full dunk, oh, yep, okay. yep. Cool. Mid-July, probably, summertime, hot swimming pool, Yeah. pastor's pool. So. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, little uh, quick little rabbit trail. When we were looking at planting, Rocky River was one of the places we were looking at planting. And when we did that, one of the statistics that we were shared with by a few Christians uh, was Rocky River's zip code is the only zip code that didn't record a salvation during the Billy Graham Crusades out Whoa. of America. America, That's the one zip code. Um, really, really hard ground. So a little fun <laughs> fun uh, uh, fact for you. You can I, Someone can prove me wrong on that. I, I hope that I'm wrong on that, but that was something that was shared with us is, hey, it's really hard ground there. Like, good luck. And we were like, that just makes us want to do it more. Um, then it's like, whoa, Billy Graham can't, <laughs> they can't get you. Uh, so anyways, uh, you said you started to gain this interest in playing guitar, and you and some friends started playing some music. Yeah, we started playing like guitar. Um, or started singing. learning. Yeah, so there was a guy at our church who played on the worship team at uh, at the church we were going to, and um, he gave up like an hour every Monday for like a year and gave me guitar lessons, taught me how to read music, uh, basic music, taught me how to play worship songs um, and how to play guitar. So it, it was it was just very, very influential and just this guy to give up his time to come. I think he did it for like five bucks like for an hour lesson, which is unheard of. Yeah, and five bucks? Yeah, five bucks for an hour lesson. So, yeah. so you know, I mean, inflation, that'd month. probably be like 60 bucks now. So <laughs> sounds right. normal. Uh, so learn how to play some songs and then okay, um, cool. started playing at practice with the church band yeah just at practice for like months mm-hmm. um just getting the feel of like playing with the team there was already like two acoustic guitars that would play right and they're like yeah come on so there's three acoustic guitars playing yeah at practice and and learning how to do stuff and uh <clears throat> at one point i think i was probably a sophomore in either sophomore or junior in high school and uh the, our youth group was gonna do youth sunday and they're like, well, so the youth's gonna take over. They're gonna do the the worship. You know, we're gonna have some kids share it, maybe not a full sermon, but they're gonna share some some of what God's put on their heart. And I was like, all right, well, let's we'll pick some songs out and go through them. And they're like, who's gonna sing? And I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, I guess I guess me and my buddy will. So yeah, um, actually, Buzzy. Oh, okay. And uh, so nice. we we both sang, and from there, it wasn't ever like. That's so terrifying. I'm never going to do it. I just mm-hmm. felt like God said, go ahead and do it. And so we stepped up, started doing that. And then from there, um, just got more involved in the worship team. Mm-hmm. A couple years later went by and uh, the guy who was leading sort of stepped down. And then I stepped up and I was helping another guy lead. So he would lead primarily, but I would take off Sundays or yeah. whatnot, you know. That's cool, man. And uh, yeah. So at what point did you realize you wanted to make a career of this? 
<laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so that's neat. So that was in Illyria. Um, and then you're married to Melissa. You guys have six kids. Yes. Um, and you guys met there? No, we met actually at uh, Community College. Okay. So we met Where at- Where did you go? Tri-C? Lorraine County Community Lorraine. College. Okay. Yeah. So we both met there. Is Lorraine um, close to Oberlin? I mean- no. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, okay. closer than Tri-C. Okay, got it. Got it. So you went to Lorraine Community College. Yeah. Okay. So we met the end of our freshman year. Right. And uh, who made the first move? She did. She did? Yeah. She's not here to defend herself. She's if, not. If no. people go and they ask her, she's not going to be like, he's crazy. First move, I mean, she said hello. So <laughs> it was like a soft first move. And... Um, but uh, we, we looked <laughs> at each other. Was it hello, can you get out of my way? She, <laughs> or was it? She was sitting down. And uh, so she said hello, and I said hello, and then I think walked away and thought, oh my gosh, this girl actually said something to me. And <laughs> so I think probably the next several days, you know, just like waiting, like how, what if I do, what, if I walk past this corner again and she's sitting there like, do I say something else? Like, what do I do? And for a long time and then uh you should have slowly built that sentence first time it's hello and then next time you say how are you walk away just walk away just and then like how are you and turn around yeah how'd you sleep the next time i think after like three conversations you can ask people how they slept like, yeah i think that's that's a threshold sleep well yeah. yeah so you guys met at uh community college and then how long after that until you got married Oof. we'll have uh, her on the podcast to share all the details but we're just kind of getting like in a in yeah, a yeah. nutshell with you. So we we dated for a year. Okay. We were engaged then for three years. So we got long we met. Engagement. It was a long engagement. Yeah. We met in in two thousand four, and then we got married in two thousand eight. Okay. July eighteenth, two thousand eight, on her birthday. Man, nice. So I was in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so young. How old are you guys? How old are you? You don't need to share your wife's age. I won't share well, her age. Well, I guess age. if you guys met your freshman year, if you share your age, it's got to be close. So. I will not say her age. Okay. Uh, I am 36. You were 36. Okay. I'll be 37 um, in June, and she'll be 37 in July. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> I, man. I did share it. Okay, so, um, okay, that's great. And then you all ended up in Medina. Um, did you guys move here first? Were you a part of the, the church that you were with before us? Like what came first? Did you move or join the church down here? Not New Hill. You were with another church for a little while. Yeah, we we went um, to Mag Church. Uh, yeah, no. And uh, we served there for, I think, two or three years. Okay. Uh, were you already there. living here? We no? were not. We okay. were... We lived in Litchfield for a couple of years and then about five years. Sorry, that's that's what I mean. I, yeah, I consider yeah. Litchfield here. Okay. That's oh, where, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we've been in this area. Sorry, yeah, because Illyria, like, that's a commute um, <laughs> if you're coming from there. But you had lived here, and right. then you started going to MAG. Right. Um, and then we can fast forward a, a little bit, too. Um, you ended up, you and your family ended up coming uh, to New Hill, started regularly attending um, after the pandemic. Um, actually, during the pandemic, after the lockdown, yeah, is the way to probably say. Right, it. I don't know how long the pandemic. I think even the pan- if it's still the, going on, the pandemic. I don't even, I don't even know. To me, is over. Um, I saw a Facebook post that said the pandemic is officially over when Sam's Club starts passing out samples again. We went to Costco with Pastor Simon. They were passing out samples, 
if they're doing it and Sam Club's not, Sam, Sam Club's lost, right? Yeah, so, they're out. Um, yeah, for sure. So samples are being passed out, pandemic done. Um, stay safe out there, though. You started coming, started coming in June of 2020 and then started leading worship in December. Right. Um, now, what I wanted to get into here really is to start to um, talk about that, like worship and, um, you know, you, you've, you've served at a few different churches, right? And I think something... I'll say, like, I think Christian's view of worship um, is like wine. I think it, like, gets better over time. And I think that's with everybody. Like, I don't think any 18-year-old graduates, for the most part. Um, and even even so, you continue to grow. Like, the, the more you know about God, it's supposed to, like, really improve your doxology, like your your worship of God. So it is always improving, even if you start out at 18, you're good. But it's it's one of those things, like I feel like a lot of people, they've, they've got these ideas of what worship is um, and what it isn't. Um, and it's almost a little bit backwards. So when, when someone were, if they were to ask you, what does it mean to lead worship? Like, how would you answer that question? <laughs> so, uh, hey, you say you're a worship leader. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, so even at the beginning, I said I'm, I'm the musical worship leader. Yeah, why do you throw that adjective in? Uh, because, like, worship is so much more than just the songs that we sing. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I play guitar and I sing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said it before, even even at New Hill, like, I mean, you, people may think of me as a hippie because I play guitar and sing. And it's just like, when this weird guy thinks he's got, like, some talent up there. I don't know if we um, think of that because of that, but maybe the corduroy hat wow. makes you more of a hippie than playing guitar and singing. Now, if you played guitar and sang in that hat, yeah. I'm wearing it Sunday. Yeah. Um, okay. No, I'm not. And uh, so I think, you know, when people say, what is a worship leader? Yeah. I think in my mind years ago, it was somebody who was responsible for bringing the body of Christ, the church, you know, into the presence of God. Right. And I think now that is like the furthest thing from it. Right. <laughs> um, it's not my job to do that. It's not my responsibility to like usher God's presence into the church or to necessarily like prepare the hearts of the people for the right mood. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it God is, has... God has given me sort of that talent and the ability to sing and to play guitar mm-hmm. uh, somewhat decently together. Yeah. And with that, like the scripture calls us to sing. Mm-hmm. It, the scripture calls us to make a joyful noise. Right. And so some people and self-proclaimed at the church say they their noise is not joyful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not, they sure. can't keep a beat. They have no desire to sing or something like that. And so... Like we have somebody who has a skill, so let them let them lead that. Right. Let them lead that 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 journey that we're all on together. So for me, I think that's kind of what I would look at it as: is I I have the skill, and I'm, I've got a great team. Yeah. You know, we've got uh, you know Don and Jaden uh, yeah. the Theobolds who play wonderfully together with us, and uh, sort of going through. We got uh, different drummers that are coming in now. We have an electric drum set. Um, so different people come in and play so that. Sunday. That was cool. Thanks, Ed. It, I, I'm really pleased with how that sounds. Yeah. And um, some female vocalists that come in. And so I, I don't ever think it's like my job to lead every song. Um, 
Right. I think we need to get into that comfort of like, hey, who else? Who, like, do you feel comfortable leading this? I'll right. say that to John sometimes. Like, man, you want to take charge on this one? Yeah. You know, just because I have that title or that position, whatever, sure. doesn't mean that's my job. So, right. By all means, he can he can do that. Well, and that's part of the the musical worship leader aspect is that that you are leading uh, even the team, right? Like even even as a pastor, right? It's like I'm not like domineering over people, like getting them involved and trying to to hand things off. And even the pulpit, like I want to guard it, um, but I don't want to hog it. You know, like so trying to find uh, you know times to to uh, get the other pastors in there and, and let them in the saddle and just you know hey preach the word. Um, it, it, it is important. Like there's that that aspect, just like kind of like overseeing. And I know it's not a pastoral role for you, but like you're you're overseeing the songs. And um, so like at, at least with the song side, and we'll continue on on worship. Is there like uh, an algorithm for you? Like is there like a way that you pick a song? Um, do lyrics even matter to you, or if if it's like hey, it's on Christian radio, like if it's good for them, it's good for us. So yeah. Um, so this. Like working with you at, at New Hill has actually been very different than um, any other church that I've been at. Thanks. Um, and it's unlike. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's it, it's it's cool because um, you know we communicate very much so on what you're talking about. And right. you know if you don't text me like a good outline, you'll call me. Yeah. Try to walk me through whatever it right. is um, to give me a good idea. And then if I have that. Um, it's good because then I'm trying to get songs that are kind of in in line with that theme, mm-hmm. with that message. Now it sometimes it's hard, right? <laughs> it's difficult to find songs that match up with what you're talking about. Um, but like that's the general idea, right? And then I even have like I can have it on my heart of like what you're talking about and what yeah. you're um, what you're planning for Sunday. So. That's been really unique and really exciting because I look forward to that like every week kind of trying to figure out like kind of what to, to match up. Um, as far as far as songs go, like an algorithm, um, I use uh, we use this thing called Planning Center mm-hmm. and I can plug the songs in <clears throat> and the team, whoever's assigned for that Sunday can see all the songs that we're doing for that Sunday. And then it'll allow me to see when I last pick songs. So okay. as I am See, I actually planning, didn't know that. I didn't know that when you're picking a song, it would say like, yeah, you did this three weeks ago. Right. Cool. So it'll it'll give me that that understanding that, oh, I didn't play this song since like October. So it's like, I may have felt like, man, I just played that one, but actually it was months ago. Yeah. Um, and so that actually keeps me, you know, in check that I'm not picking the same song over and over That's and cool. over again. Yeah. So if you feel like it, it's really not happening. <laughs> it, it is. There's. There's never. Yeah. Well, I never pick the same song unless it's brand new, and I like maybe want to try to refresh the, the congregation's mindset to that. Right. It's never like in the same month. Okay. You know, it, even in two months, I usually don't pick the same song. I try yeah. to space it out. Um, but so long as it's a Christian song, is it playable? Like you'll play any Christian song? That's a loaded question. That's no, a loaded question. <clears throat> I don't even know what that. that means. Uh, you know, Gary used to always say. Um, that's that's loaded with it's pregnant. That word is pregnant. It has lots of implications. You used to always say that on here. So um, yeah, you could say that about that statement. So yeah, I no, mean, no. Like, so yeah. just because it's a Christian song, um, does it make it a song that we should sing together at New Hill? Okay. Uh, no, I I don't think so. Okay. Um, 
and actually I've been I've been on my own journey trying to listen to other other worship leaders through podcasts and sure. other um, you know pastors talk about worship and yeah. um, getting some more understanding about it because I for sure had um, you know there's more some of these modern songs that come out there's like some of the lyrics like how do we how do we reconcile singing some of these songs mm-hmm. because of the some of the lyrics that they have in them um, and like like for instance these are usually the big ones that everybody talks about in a podcast would be reckless love um, you know describing God's love as reckless well, mm-hmm. why are we singing about that like that just doesn't even make any sense um, another one is the uh, the song what a beautiful name it is with that line you didn't want heaven without us um, and so some of these things are like controversial and like should we be singing those songs um, sh- should we be singing songs yeah. from churches that are yeah. maybe a little out there on right. what they believe, what they practice, yeah. what they preach. Um, and so I try to keep that lens, right. you know, on as I'm picking new songs and bringing new songs in. Sure. Um, so just if it's on the radio, I, I don't think it's something that we should play. Yeah. Um, we got to kind of evaluate the lyrics and I like to try to focus on stuff that is edifying God, lifting up his name, um, declaring his works, yeah. talking about the, um, the the death, the resurrection of Christ. What about the burial? Uh, burial. Yep. He, that happened to him too. In between those two things. You just talk about the, yeah. the death no, and no, resurrection. No, no, no. We, we include that third thing yeah. too. Yeah, he, he died. He was buried. Then he rose. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, songs that have those three things in there talking about like I said, the works of God. Um, yeah, no, that's good. His creation, things like that. So, well, and even what you're saying. Um, so usually, uh, when Nelson showed up here, he's like, "You don't do any notes." Usually, I'll, I'll pull up Google and I'll search some <laughs> some verses as we're going along. Things that like kind of pop into my mind. Um, but Isaiah twelve five says, "Sing praises to the Lord, for He has done gloriously. Um, let this be made known in all the earth." Um, so when we're singing, like, so the implication there is that you're singing of the glorious things that he's done. Let this, let his works be known to the world. Yeah. Um, and I think that's awesome because like it's it's something that we are to do is not simply sing like, um, oh God, like my story, this and like me, this and like all like God's like a little bit of a lyric in there. Like that's just a country song. At, at the end of the day, <laughs> like, you, you just got like some country music, just throw a banjo in there. Um, but like praise uh, music is is definitely something where you want to be singing about God and to God and for the glory of God, right? Right, um, right. Like things that he's done. And even like, you know, songs of lament, like, I mean, like lamenting and songs are meant to be, um, praise songs anyways, is, is sung from an authentic place. And like, even when we do the call to worship, that's just to like, Hey, like we aren't worthy, but like remember what he's done, and like at the end of the day, like you may be in a terrible mood during worship, like and those songs are maybe there as a reminder of like, hey, like you're you've got a bad attitude, but like look at what Christ did for you, like, um, or hey, like you've got a right to be angry, like something just terrible happened to you, so like lay it at the cross, like right. maybe you're like and you have no control over your situation. Um, but we're here praising the Savior who, who knows the end result. Um, and he knows what he needs to do and what he's going to do through you to get you there. Um, so, like, everybody comes in a different place. So it's, it's cool, too, that you mentioned, like, your job isn't to, like, 
almost like pump people up. Like I, I feel like a lot of times it's like the music is like um, this emotional roller coaster. And it's like, look, I, I can't control how anybody feels, but I know that in this time we need to like repent and we need to praise God. And we may leave here crabby like we came in, um, but like this is a time of just praise. And we're all in like just different areas of life. And it doesn't mean that we need to all be jumping and be happy. Um, you know, like I, I see people tear up during worship. I see people um, look angry during worship. And it's like maybe they've just got um, resting mean face, right? Like they just, they don't look happy, right? Um, but like that's okay. Like I think everybody is, is dealing with different things. And it's not our job to make you feel any one way. Like, like that's just not what we're supposed to do. And even when, when preparing the sermon, which is also part of worship, right? right. Um, it, it, it's not, hey, like, what can I make people feel from this? It's, hey, what does this say? Um, and probably whatever I'm feeling is what a lot of people are going to feel from it. Like when I'm reading, if I'm reading John, um, I'm going to like go through the first 12 verses, right? John 1 verses 1 through 12. I'm going to read those. And what I want to do is bring out, what does this say? And as I'm doing that, there's feelings that I have like, oh, okay, like I'm learning who God is um, from his word. And I don't have to fabricate anything. Like, oh man, I like really want them to feel dirty here. Like, right, like right. the scripture, like you read Romans and it like makes you feel like a terrible person. Like, I don't need to like, <laughs> hey, you all should feel terrible. Like I read like, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And you're like, ouch. Like every person's a sinner. Like we, uh, we see original sin from Adam. It's like you are a sinner because of Adam, not just yourself. And it's like, I don't need to go any, <laughs> any further, right? Like a, uh, an illustration will help kind of connect the dots. But I like that you yeah. said that because it, we're not supposed supposed to do that. Like it's it's not our job to be building or playing off of emotions. Yeah. Um, I I think what I like about the call to worship too is that it we're reminded that that we have sin right and that that's what the, that's the separation and yeah. so like lay the sin at the foot of the cross yeah. like you know god we're here to yeah. to praise you right you know and just sure. to to confess yeah if you need to confess yeah um to to pray and um and to know that we need him right we need him that's that's why we're we're here is to lift him up yeah um and so it's like really turning our hearts towards him so I don't have to come in and then try to like find songs like you said they're going to pump people up or make them feel a certain way uh, but like we're praying that this that 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 God you're moving in our hearts right at this time yeah and I like that um they usually try and tack on like a little bit of assurance of salvation there like repent we're sinners but know that you're forgiven in Christ Jesus. Right. Like, that's the good news, and, like, that's why we can praise him. Um, yeah, I, I love, like, even, like, communion, how it just causes us, like, to confront that. Um, I, like, I read a book. Um, I don't know if it was all on communion or if it just, like, touched on it. It might have just been, like, on liturgy, right? Like, just the format of worship. Um, but it talked about that, like, how... I think they were making a case for weekly communion and how, like, a lot of people it just becomes old, but, like when you really think about what you're doing and what it causes you to do is confront your sin, um, it, it's good and it's beautiful and it's sanctifying um, in, in so many different ways. So, uh, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, like, so you do the musical side of things, but if someone were to ask you, like, what is worship, um, 
what would you say to that? So, hey, Nelson, like, what, is, what does it mean to, like, worship? Yeah, it's almost like your mind right away goes to music yeah. and singing. And I think that's, yeah. like, a cultural thing for sure. Like, I, I would wonder, like, if you, like, went to somebody in Africa, like, one of their churches, like, what, what they thought worship was. I wonder if it would be, like, they'd be drawn to music or if because the music industry is so big here and you see, like, um, praise and worship, like, closely related. Right, like, right. praise and worship songs. The language and, always tied yeah, together. Always. Um, I really do, again, this is an opinion thing. And having not been, like, really raised in church, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know a lot of the lingo, like, even, like, 20 years ago. But I, I do feel like— 20 years ago, you were, cu- what? Cultural. Six or eight. seven. I was eight. You're eight. Get out of here. You're close. Yeah. Just had to go one more. Six, seven, or eight. I would have been like, yes, you're right. Um, yes. 20 years ago. How old were you? Like no wonder 16, you didn't know the language. You hardly, 17, knew, you hardly knew your own name. You were getting married then, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know my name. I was just learning to write. I was a young... young hardly even talk. I was a young lad. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, we're kind of already getting into it. But, yeah, like, naturally you're drawn to, to music. But, like, how would you answer that? <laughs> what is worship? Yeah, what is worship? I think worship is your um man, it's a tough question. It's it's your it's one of those words you, that you, you know what it action. is. Like you are yeah. taking action right. to glorify God. Right. And so if your worship in that time is just prayer, you know, then that's that's you. It it could be I feel like it could be your skill, like your skill that you're giving to God. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it if baking is like your gift, you know, and you bake something that is really phenomenal and for somebody else for a specific purpose, like that could be an act of worship, you know, like you're sacrificing, you're giving up that time, you're using your skill. Um, I like that maybe you said, a little out there, but yeah, well, no, I like that you said it's an act of worship. I think service is an act of worship. Um, there are a lot of, ways to like worship God. Um, I think even Paul, like when you think about like sacrifice being an act of worship, he, he says what, um, here, let me pull it up. But he says, I know it's Romans 12 and I'm just trying to get the wording exactly right. But, um, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, um, which is holy and acceptable, holy and acceptable to the Lord. Here, let's see. Yeah. Here, here's what he says. Um, I can't botch it. Now I'm reading right from the word. Uh, It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Um, You know, like, that is every bit of your being. And and worship, in a sense, is this glorification of God, right? Paul also says, whatever you do, whether you eat, drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Right. Um, So there's so much that we, we could unpack from this is like, what what is worship, right? Um, worship is stopping and serving your neighbor, helping helping them carry in their groceries. It's not worshiping them, but if you're doing it to the glory of God. Now that's the key, right? It's not, it's not just a good deed right. is worshiping God, um, but it's doing those things to the glory of God, um, which Paul, again, is making that appeal um, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's, that's, hey, God, I'm here, every bit of me. Use me for your service, um, for the good of the community, but for the glory of you, um, and it, God. It says your bodies, but then it says that that's your spiritual act of worship. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like you still, just because your spirit, 
You know what I mean? You, there's mm-hmm. no like physical connection with that. Like your physical connection right. is your body. You right. do something here. Yep. And that echoes off into your spiritual act of worship. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. Yeah. And I, I think that's really good. And then you even look to uh, the woman at the well. Um, there will become a day where you no longer worship over there on that hill, but you worship in spirit and in truth. Um, you know, there. That is a defining moment because when the veil was torn and the presence of God went out and the, the Spirit of God was um, given to all believers, um, it really changed the game. And, and a lot of people will take that to be like, well, I'm the church and I don't have to be part of um, corporate worship or um, this um, organized religion. Uh, I can just go and, and worship wherever I am. It's like, yes, you can, right? Like You still need to be a part of the corporate worship, though. But the good news is, is that you can. You can go and you can pray and talk to God wherever you go, right? You right. can go and, and commune with God wherever you go. And, like, even though his physical presence isn't here, um, his eternal being is inside of you by his spirit, right? Living inside of you, guiding you, listening to you, pleading for Like, it says what, that when um, we're grieving and it says that we have groanings uh, too deep for words, that the spirit is, is praying on our behalf. So... Um, that communion is, is real, right, with God. So um, when you recognize that, it, it helps you to understand that in every bit of your your day, right, there, there's a sense where we ought to be worshiping God, like glorifying Him. Right. So, yeah. Right. And you know, uh, in, uh, and it's been referenced before, but just in Psalm 139, you know, 139 verse 7, Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed and shield, you are there. You know, it, it It doesn't have to be with a guitar. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be with somebody on stage. I mean, like, you're praying. Um, that, that's worship. Like, God's presence is there with you. And like you said, the curtain's been torn. Like, right. bam. Veil. Veal. Veal? Vile. <laughs> I think it's the Latin word for vele. No. Yeah, I mean, it it's amazing when you think about that and the redemptive story of God is it's unfolded over time, right? Since the beginning of creation, um, the Old Testament um, Jews longed for that day, um, and those who truly understood it understood, it to in a sense, right? They're they're was not just the veil there for the presence, but like also this little bit of a veil spiritually, like blinding them to, from seeing everything that would happen. Um, because as it took place, there was even the apostles were kind of confused on some of the things that were happening. Um, but they longed for that day for the presence of God. And that's what we get now. Now, we don't have it in its fullness, uh, but we have it a lot more full than they did in the Old Testament. That 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 changes the game like literally in everything that you could you do you can worship god like they used to travel in to jerusalem um for different feasts and festivals so that they could be in the presence and be with other other uh believers right and using that that term for um the jews of the old testament who were true believers right like they they would travel because that meant so much to them and it's like we take it for granted right we don't have to travel to um kentucky you know like once once a year i'm just trying to pick like a random place like just in in the hills of kentucky west virginia right west virginia i'm from west virginia did, did get, you know that i get out of here I that's no the idea. first time I've, I've mentioned it uh this time so um yeah like 
we we don't do that. We don't have to do that. Um, but I wonder like how seriously we would take it if we did. Like, all right, once a year you've got like we're gonna go there and we're gonna like slaughter some lambs and you know they're gonna atone for your your sins temporarily. Like, we don't have to do that. And we have more access to God now than than they did by a spirit living inside of us. And I think we take that for granted. And all of it has to do with with worship because now we can worship him in all that we do. Um, And we have the power to be able to do these things. Like they needed the prophets to continually rebuke them um, and call them out. They were not living godly in a godly way. They, They weren't. They were being sanctified in a sense, but again, like you get this more full picture, you get this more more full understanding um, in the new covenant. And I mean, I, I'm speaking for myself here. Is like I oftentimes forget that, and I read Paul's words, and it talks about presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, which is your spiritual worship. So, like in everything that I do, I can worship God. I get to. I don't have to. Paul's appealing to them, so he's he's saying you guys have a, a choice to make here. And he's talking to believers. He's like, you guys can continue doing this, which isn't right, but I'm appealing to you to do everything that you do for the glory of God. Use every bit of your being. Don't, not just your tithe, don't just be writing that check in, but like use your life to worship God. Like when when you are going over to your neighbors and and you're helping them take the trash out if it's an elderly neighbor. You're helping the single mom or the single dad that lives in your neighborhood to, to, to care for their children or watching them. Take those opportunities to do that service and then point them to Christ. It's it's not enough to just do that deed, right? Like, right. It, maybe you're building on it and like you know that you've got that relationship and it'll come out. But like, let them know like the reason you do these things is because of God and what He's done for you and that sacrifice. So, yeah. I think it's just it's really good when you begin to understand that that worship isn't just about songs, which I love, right? Like, I know a lot of people um, they pick churches, and I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, but like they'll pick a church because of how the the worship music is, yeah, right? Which and puts it's, a lot of pressure on yeah. some of us, <laughs> dude. Hey, people people but, pick it because of preachers too, so it's like. But at the same time, when yeah. I know like that's like I've said before, like that's not. That's not my role. Right. It like takes that pressure off. Right. You know, because I can know that it is it is God working in people's hearts and I can I can sit up there and play and it can all sound absolutely terrible and in my ears, you know, I I'm like hearing the wrong thing and I'm missing words even though they're right in front of me to read. I'm like saying the wrong words, you know. And it's just like horrible, horrible set. And, you know, people can come up afterwards and they're like, man, that was, that was awesome. Like for sure. We like, it was great to praise God, Yeah. you know, and which is what I would, I would rather hear, you know, like God was glorified this morning through the musical worship or through through the songs we sang, Um, you know, more so than like, you did a great job. (laughs) Why are you talking about Grammy right now? Grammy comes up. I said, why are you talking about Grammy right now? Linda France. She always comes up to me and she's like, great job. Great job. And I'm like, I always tell her, like, you were so encouraging. She's encouraging in a way where it's not like an ego boost. It's just she's she's thankful for um, the culture of our church, for sure, which is focused on authenticity. um, But but authenticity in the proclamation of God's word through singing and through his word. but yeah, no, it, it's interesting. But when you said that, that, that made me laugh because 
um, it wasn't this past Sunday, but I think the Sunday before, Aubrey was like um, talking, whatever she's saying last, she was like, uh, did you hear me mess up a lot? And I was like, no, but Nelson didn't know the words <laughs> of one of the songs. And uh, it was the only time out of all the times that uh, you've, you've led uh, songs. And um, That's it, it didn't it's, stop. It's it didn't stop many times. It's the only time that I've caught it. <laughs> yeah. But I was literally sitting there. I was like, he cannot get this one word, and it well, was great. <laughs> I cannot remember the song. I'm sorry they gave you flag. It, it is what no, it is. That's all right. It happens. And, well, and also to give everybody context, when I finish preaching, sometimes I've got texts from Nelson <laughs> and Gary and Simon and Mark, and it's like, oh, he said wolves again. <laughs> it's wolves. Like, so I get texts from these guys. So don't think I'm the big mean bully here. Uh, no. Um, it it's hard because sometimes like, uh, you know, I I want it to sound good, and I'll even I'll ask almost I think probably for the first like eight months. Yeah. You know of of leading at New Hill, like I get done and, you know. Uh, I'd ask Melissa, like, how did it sound? <laughs> you right. know? And I'm, I was always just, like, curious. Like, did it sound okay? And she's um, honest with you, isn't she? Yeah, she's really honest. She's I'm like, no, it to. sounded really yeah. good. Like, it, everything sounded really good. It came yeah. through really clear. Like, everything sounded really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, whereas I'm self-conscious of that, and I want to make sure that, like, I do sound good. I don't want to be squawking up there, you know? Sometimes I do. It's like, man, nailed it in practice. And here I am, like, <laughs> like... <laughs> Those you know, two services days. Two service days, man. Those are, those are rough. Do you imagine some of these churches? They do like three and four. Well, they got they got the auntie in the in the back there who can hit the all those auntie. notes like every service, you know. Oh, um, man. No, but it's it it uh, it for sure. Sometimes there's a lot on my mind, and I have to like release all of that, you know, because it's my act of worship to sing and to, and to be there and, you know, not to focus on, uh, sometimes I'll look out and, and bust some people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I caught you not singing, uh, you know, but, uh, just not, not like trying to read a room and like get the vibe of the room. Right. You know, but like just worship God, just sing. So like put that on my mind, um, put it on my mind that I'm off beat or that I, I missed the lyric. Um, again, I want to do my skill like, to the best that I can, but am I glorifying God if I'm focusing on that so much? So. Yeah, and, and it's funny because it's like wanting to do things well can almost become a distraction, right? Like to, um, like I've heard stories of like click tracks and like how like that's like things that are going into people's ears and it helps them keep on time. And it's like you understand like why those things started um, and why they're helpful also. Um, but they can also be harmful, right? So, like, some people can do it. They can do it well and stay um, focused. I'm just using that as an example of, like, something where it's, like, it almost becomes so routine that it's, like, hey, like, we've got three minutes to do this song. It's clicking in our ear. When that's done clicking, we're on to the next one. And right. it's, like, all right, but, like, what if, like, you're led to, like, sing, hey, like, let's do that line again. And, and maybe you can. Like, I'm not familiar with click tracks, but it's, like, those are just so, like, almost routine. And it, it, it's almost, like, for me to... I used to always like kind of apologize for the time like where I'm preaching. I'm like, oh, I'm going a little bit over. And um, I think it was Gary one time, which is like, is not surprising, right? Like Gary would love to be a part of a Baptist church that preached for two hours. And we've got several people I think who would like that. But like, I remember saying like, I'm not sure what time it is. And he, he said, preach. And I'm like, you're right, man. Like, this is important. And like, I get that like, we want to be 
conscious of people's time because we understand that people, it's an act of worship, them waking up, getting their family ready. Um, so like we do want to, to care for that, especially for people who are working like long hours and like maybe have plans. Some people have to get to work after yeah. church, right? Yeah. Like they're doing this and like, Hey, let's go. Um, but when he said that, I was like, yeah, like I shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a cadence for me. Yeah. It should be, um, slow down and let the word speak. And if you go five, 10 minutes over, no one's going to leave over that. Right. Right. Um, Even like this past Sunday, like, uh, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but like we were coming up on, on like 10, 20 and we only did two songs. And I was like, oh man, like, <laughs> really? Yeah. I was like, should I cut out this third song? Because I saw like how many slides you had up for your yeah. message. And I was like, dang, he's going to. Oh, I know what happened. He's going to preach for like 45 minutes here. Well, you started the opening song first. Remember? The one with no lyrics? Yeah. But we did that before the countdown. So when we got down to 10 o'clock, we were, we were ready to go. Huh. I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know if I talked too long or something happened. Maybe but Simon. Did you see what time Simon started? No. When he finished? So so I I thought like I Sorry, now, this, now I'm like now trying like to analyzing like, it. Problem solve with Yeah. You. It was Simon's fault. That's um, what I'm thinking. <clears throat> no, and so we I was thinking like, should I cut this song out of here and just like eliminate it? It was um sovereign over us. Mm-hmm. And uh I was like, man, I just I really feel like I want this song yeah, to be right. to be sung. And not just because we got three songs, so we should sing three songs. But I just felt like, man, I think this this song is really important for what what's going to be preached and and just you know lifting up God and declaring His sovereign reign mm-hmm. over top of us. And uh, so we did that. Um, and so like all those thoughts are like going through my mind as I'm like closing the last song, you know, right. the second song. Like I'm thinking, like, so what do we do? How do I end this? Am I going to keep going? And, and all that key changes, all kinds of stuff. So, um, yeah, as you're, as you're mentioning, uh, click track, that's maybe people don't know what that is. Um, it's like people, a little thing and people like the band. So our band, um, our worship band has our music band, music, musical worship band has, uh, orchestra, 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 orchestral, they, they uh, have headphones in uh, that allow them to hear the other uh, band members. Uh, it's like a monitor, right? So they can hear Nelson's voice. They can adjust it and however they want to do that. Um, some churches um, will put like a uh, metronome almost in their ear. And then some of them, the click track will pretty much be like the song, right? It'll have like the same kind of beat it, it, some specifically of them, with it. Yeah, they'll have, they'll even have like the full like almost like the recorded version right played through so yeah because if you don't have a piano yeah you can have yeah. it in your ear so you add, can play through the speaker right right so it, it can add you know all kinds of stuff that you might need have you ever your, been at a place and you're like there ain't no keyboard <laughs> up there like come <laughs> or, on or back y'all play but you're trying to get with my emotions <laughs> trying to keyboards will get you emotional for sure yeah that's why i'm glad we don't have a keyboard like, <laughs> that'll get me crying <laughs> come on love loud can you say that? Oh, like, loud. Loudy, loudy, loudy. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I just, I think this is like such an important topic. And we've, we've talked about worship on here before, but um, just to reiterate, um, and this would be kind of like my closing remark, and then I'll let you uh, have, you know, your last. Uh, 15 minutes. Yeah, 15 minutes. Um, do not um, 
put worship into a small confined category of, of just songs. Um, every bit of your life um, is and should be some sort of form of worship where we are praising God and glorifying him through, through what we do. Remember Paul's words, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Um, and that is worship, right? Like it's like one of those like weird words. It's synonymous um, and in many ways with glorifying God. So do that. Like think about that in your daily routine. Um, and I'll do a little quick plug um, for a friend of ours back home that goes to New Heights. Um, back home? Back home. Mean? I'm from West Virginia. Oh, damn. Um, so they've got Rural Church Voices as like this collective and they're starting to write um, some different books. Um, Pastor Will wrote one on um, rural church planting. Um, rural Mission, I think, is the name of the book. And then there was another one, Old Time Religion. Jason Cook, one of the members at New Heights, wrote it about um, pretty much like old time like church, like what that looks like and, and his experience with like church merge um, and dealing with that culture. Um, Olivia Mead just came out with a book that's a part of that series. It's called Ordinary Faithfulness. And it's dealing with um, ordinary, how your ordinary life, it's a subtitle, how your ordinary life reflects an extraordinary God. Um, And some of the questions is, what is ordinary worship in comparison to formal worship? Um, What hinders us from worshiping the Lord in our everyday lives? And what does discipleship look like in ordinary lives? And what is the aim of making disciples? Like, literally, just in your ordinary life, mom, when you're at home with the kids and feels like you can't get ahead of anything, you can't keep the house clean, um, there's worship to be had there, like for the holy God who made you, created you, called you, and gave you those children for that purpose. <clears throat> to the dad who's um, out working, or even the, the 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 wife who's out working, um, wherever it is, whatever life is throwing at you, um, you can worship God in those ordinary moments, and not only can, should, right? So yeah, absolutely. It's my final remarks and a book plug. So <laughs> I have no book plug, but. Um I do want to say that, uh, you know, as I said, it's not my job to create the atmosphere or anything like that. Um, the presence of God is in each and every one of you. Um, as we gather together corporately to sing praise, you know, to to our God, like I just encourage you to sing it out, even if even if you can't carry a tune. Um, you oh, know, I do. We're, we're called to sing it out. And so even if you're like, I don't like singing, um, hum it sing it out you know what i mean like mm-hmm. this is read it read it out loud if you want to right um you're declaring those those lyrics that yeah. uh um that our king is is to be glorified and lifted up for sure um also just want to give a crazy shout out to um to don to Jaden, to aubrey Krissa, luke simon you're in too deep don't forget any names i can't forget oh my sound team sound team yeah we got bill yeah. Matt, Dennis, Jared, Josh. Yeah. Brittany now? Brittany is on the vocalist team. Michaela was up there singing on Sunday. Um, you know, uh, the the team that works together to uh, to come and make some awesome music and, you know, get the lyrics up there, have stuff sounding good. Yeah, for an affordable um, price, too. Affordable price, yeah. No, and Volunteer. If, if, if you're... If you're heart is in musical worship and you play an instrument or you want to play an instrument or you want to sing you want to help out with anything you know let us know um if you want to serve at at new hill church in any capacity again that is an act of worship um so 
email us at engage at <laughs> neutralawaits.com. Yeah, it'll go right to Lauren. All right, well, we hope that this podcast helped you to put Jesus in the perspective. If you have questions about this podcast, a previous podcast, or about our relationship with Jesus, please go to newhilloh.com slash ask to send in your questions for a biblical response. All right, church, go and honor God in all that you do. Observe the things he's commanded. Provide to the needs of others and extend the offer that's been extended to you. Peace. Boom.